and uh, hallelujah. I don't even know where to start. How many glad you come to church? I guess we'll start right there, amen. I am so thankful. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number two. If you can't find Genesis chapter number two, we got some problems, all right? <laughs> if you can't find Genesis chapter number two, we got issues, all right? So just open that Bible, start from page one and go through. If you got a Bible like mine, it, it'll look something like that. I, I, I'm not real sure. I should have grabbed one of my newer Bibles where I could actually read. It's about to fall apart. Uh, but uh, anyhow, how many of you know... <sighs> A Bible that you love and that you've been, you know, this thing's been attached to me and it's kind of, it, it, it's kind of like an old pair of shoes. You don't, you don't want to, you got new ones, but you keep going back. I need somebody to help me. I, I got new Bibles. I got, I got Bibles that are exactly like this one, 100% exactly like this one. But I just can't leave the, I can't leave the one that I've been with so long. All right. Uh, y'all pray for me. All right. But anyhow. All right. So. Uh, let's go to verse number 18, all right? Verse number 18, Genesis chapter number 2. Uh, we'll start reading in verse number 18, and uh, we'll try to look at something this morning, and uh, maybe it'll be a blessing to you. I know it was to me, all right? And uh, so the Bible says this, And the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I need every man in the building to say Amen. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. Let's just give, I, I don't care if you got youngins in here or not. It's good. I need somebody. It is not good for man to be alone. It's good to have a wife. Amen. Hallelujah. I sure am thankful for mine. Uh, we've been married 29 years, been together over 30 years. This year will be our 30th year of marriage. And uh, I, I'm thankful that she has put up with me that long. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, more thankful that God would allow me to have her. It says, it is not good that a man should be alone. It says, I will make him a helpmeet for him. At this time, Adam has been created. At this point in time, Adam has been formed out of the dust of the ground. And he has even named every single living creature on the earth. Adam's not like us. I need somebody to help me right here. Now, we identify with Adam, but Adam was not like us. I mean, y'all need to hear this, all right? Adam, Adam had a completely different, there was something about Adam that was different than any man that's ever walked the face of the earth. We're going to look at that here in a little bit, but Adam was not like us. Now, we can identify with Adam because he was a man, but beyond that, he was not like us. We can identify with Adam because he sinned, but he was not like us. I need somebody to help me. We can't even choose a restaurant, <laughs> God brought every elephant, I mean, every, every animal in front of him, and he named them all. We can't even choose where to eat in Lake Park. <laughs> we ain't like him. The Bible said God created him, and he said, you know what? It's not good for him to be alone. And he says, I will make him a helpmeet. For him, let me say it like this. Let me read it like this and maybe you'll understand it a little better. I will make him a help meet for him. In other words, fit for him. In other words, they brought all the animals before Adam, a male and female, but there was no female version of Adam. And so God says, I will make him one, a help meet, or, or a help meet for him, fitting for him. 
And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam and to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. And, but for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. All right, here we go. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Let me just stop right here and say that made he a woman. That word made right there literally means in the translation. If you'll go and you'll look it up, it means built. God took the rib and he built a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, Adam was the first one in the Bible to go, Woo! Man, I need somebody to help me. If you know, you know. <laughs> so how did she get named? How did she get named woman? Because Adam seen her and said, Woo, man, God, that is awesome. Bible says in verse 23, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He or uh, she shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Here we have an account of the creation of Adam. We have an account of the creation of Eve, both created by God. One, God breathed life into and he became a living soul. The other, God took a rib out of the side of Adam and he built a woman and brought her to Adam. We don't know how long that process took, Many of us say, well, God could have done it in a second, and he could have. He could have done it in three days. I need somebody to help me. <laughs> we don't know how long Adam was in this deep sleep, but what we do know is that God took from Adam a rib, and he built him a woman, a help that was meat for him. We go through scripture and we get to the next chapter in Genesis chapter number three and I'll spare you all the reading because we're going to read some verses this morning. But in Genesis chapter number three, we find that this woman was deceived by a serpent. The Bible tells us that God had given him dominion. He'd given him all privileges in the garden except for one tree he told him not to eat from. The serpent beguiled Eve. He came and he was very subtle in the way that he did it. For you have to remember the instructions that God gave was given to Adam and not to Eve. Adam was to relay them to the woman. In other words, as far as she was concerned, they were hearsay. 
But Adam heard directly from God. Stay with me. Is everybody all right? And so here she is with the serpent, and Eve took or partook of the fruit. We don't know if it was an apple. Everybody says an apple. We don't know if it was an apple. All we know is that she partook of the fruit of that tree, and she knew better. Everybody all right? The Bible tells us that she was deceived in 1 Timothy. We'll go to that verse here in a little bit. We find Adam now standing with Eve. Eve had already partaken of the fruit, and here Adam is given the same choice, and in disobedience to God, Adam partook of the fruit that Eve did, thereby throwing all of mankind into sin. Way to go, Adam. I need somebody to help me. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 12, or chapter number 5 and verse number 12, wherefore by one man sin entered into the world. That one man was Adam. Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Now, there's not a one of us in here. Come on now, help me all. There's not a one of us in here that would disagree with that statement that all have sinned. Oh, yes. We were good at it. I need somebody to help me. I was good at it. You was good at it. Miss Taryn was good at it. I was good at it. Some of y'all, some of y'all weren't good at it. The truth is, y'all just won't admit that you were. <laughs> but I was really good at it. Matter of fact, I practiced up on some things. I got better at doing them bad. I didn't want somebody to outdo me at being bad. Come on, I need somebody. I'm very competitive. I don't care if it's in cussing or if it's in running a race. I'm very competitive. I will outcuss you or outrace you. It doesn't matter to me. None of us would disagree with the statement that all have sinned. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen something, and I know I've read it, and I've even taught it, but I've never seen it like this. And if I can get it all out, it's going to be really good. It probably, I don't know. We'll see. But in Romans chapter number 5 and verse 14, Miss Jenny, if you can go to that. Is that Jenny up there? I think it's Miss Jenny up there, all right? It says this. Look at this. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. In other words, sin came into the world because of Adam. The writer here, Paul, is trying to let them know that sin, uh, 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 as a result, death came into this world and death reigned from Adam to Moses. Now the significance of that is Moses brought the law. So what he's trying to teach us is that even before the law, man was guilty before the law. Before there was a law, all the law did was identify how bad we were. We were guilty before the law because death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death came into the world because of what? I need somebody to help me, y'all. Come on. Death came into the world because of what? All right, so all them fossils and everything that's billions of years old, how could they be dead before Adam sinned? Death wasn't in the world before Adam sinned. Is everybody all right? Y'all need to quit listening to them professors up there at the school. Death came because of sin. 
Sin did not happen until Adam got here. We can trace the history of this world back 6,000 years to Adam. Death did not exist before Adam. It's simple. We make it very complicated, but let me move on because I ain't got nothing to do with what I was going to preach, all right? I didn't even have that in my notes. The Bible says, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. In other words, it was on all. But listen to this. Here we go. This is talking about Adam. Who is the figure of him that was to come? That is a reference. Adam is the figure, and him that was to come was Christ. How can a man that sinned be a figure or a type of the Savior? Is everybody all right? Man, we can, we, come on, y'all. We can reconcile typology all throughout the Bible. I mean, come on now. Can we not go to Genesis chapter number 21 and see Isaac and not see Jesus? As Abraham takes Isaac up on that mountain, as Abraham offers Isaac up, as Abraham looks over behind him and there's a ram caught in the thicket, can we not reconcile Isaac as a typology of Christ? He was a son who bore the wood on his back, who climbed a mountain with that wood on his back, who laid on an altar willingly. Bible says Abraham took that ram and offered him up in the stead of his son. That ram was a substitution. That son that died 2,000 years ago on the cross was a substitutionary sacrifice for me. Man, we can see that. Man, we can go to Moses and we can see a typology of Christ. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Moses, let me say it like this, the deliverer, goes before Pharaoh, Satan, and says, let my people go. <laughs> Amen. And then he leads them out of captivity. Can we not see Moses and typology as Jesus Christ? Man, we can go to Joshua, the captain of the army, the conqueror of Canaan. And we can see God all over Joshua. A matter of fact, Jesus' name, if you translate it back into the Hebrew, is Joshua. We can see Joshua as a typology of Jesus Christ. Can we not see David? Y'all, come on, help me now. Can we not see David as a typology of Jesus Christ? That great king. By the way, you don't think much about David, but God sure does. Because God said, I will sit on the throne of David. He didn't say he was going to sit on the throne of anybody else and didn't see him. All right. Is everybody all right? So before we start pushing David down the wall, pushing him on out of the door, let's make sure that we understand God thinks a whole lot about David. There's a whole lot in Scripture about David we've never tapped into. I tell Dalton, I tell Dalton this morning, I said, man, there's so much about the Bible, son, that we do not know. 
Got preachers standing up like they have it all understood. We don't understand nothing. What I'm about to preach to you right now is what is the first time I've seen it. I've sat under all them preachers that so-called knew everything about the Bible and ain't none of them. I ain't never heard any of them say anything about it. The Bible says that Adam was a type of Christ. And it blew my mind. Yes, I understand that he was a type of Christ, an anti. I mean, he, he, I mean, he plunged the world into sin. Jesus saved the world from sin. It seems like there's a contrast there. I mean, it's just me. Seems like there's a contrast there. So how in the world is Adam a type of Christ? I want to look at that this morning just for a few moments. I want to take just a few minutes. I, I don't even know how to go. It might be ugly. It might be bad. It might be, but know this. God bless my soul. He blessed my socks off because of it. Now, if he don't do that for you, it's because you're wrong with God and everything else, all right? Actually, like I said, most time when I feel like I got a good sermon, it ends up going. And when I feel like it's a bad sermon, y'all are like, man, it's the best thing I ever heard in my life. So who knows how this will go? But I want you to look at it, this typology, and we won't be long. I don't know what time it is. I really don't care because this is too good not to. It's too good to quit early. Is everybody all right? But I want to look at this typology, and I want to see. I ain't got but three points, so y'all doing good, all right? If you've been here for a long time, you know that my three points usually come with a bunch of sub points, but they don't this time. So y'all are in, y'all are in good shape. But I seen in typology. Something about Adam and something about Christ I've never seen before, and I want it to be a blessing and an encouragement to you. I want you to look at it and understand that Adam, though he messed up, he did some things that you and I have never even explored in the Bible. He did some things that are just, I I think it's going to blow your mind, but it might not. I want you to notice in typology, their lives. They were a lot alike. Say, preacher, how in the world were they a lot alike? One was in sin and one was perfect. But you have to remember, Adam was created and he was perfect. Nobody else can make that claim. Adam and Eve are the only ones that can say there was a time in their life where they were absolutely perfect and blameless before God. They were in a perfect state without any sin in their life whatsoever. This is how they're the same. Adam lived and he was in a perfect state. Let me tell you something that might blow your mind. Adam was holy. I'm going to step over here. (laughs) Adam was holy. How do you know that he was holy? Because he was without sin. He was perfect. Jesus came to this earth born of a virgin and lived a perfect life. They're both the same in the aspect that they were both perfect. For a time, Adam was perfect. They're both alike in their lives because not only were they both perfect and sinless at one point, but they were both, uh, um, let's see, they were both fashioned by God. Now that doesn't mean Jesus was created. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number of 10 and verse number 5, this is, this is Jesus here. It says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. 
Is everybody all right? Meaning that Jesus was God. He was a spirit. And God fashioned a body, prepared a body. And it's spoken of right here in Tim, Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 5 by Jesus, a reference to Psalm chapter number 40, verse number 6. Fashion. The Bible tells us in the account in the garden that God, we read it, God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed life into him. Stay with me. Their lives, their bodies were fashioned by God. They were both perfect and sinless. Hey, listen to this. They both had complete dominion over the earth. For a time, Adam was given complete dominion over the earth. Every animal was subject to him and every animal had to come before him and he named every single animal that God brought before him because he had absolute dominion over the entire earth. Oh, I'm like Adam. No, you ain't. I need somebody to help me. You ain't nothing even close to Adam. Adam had complete dominion over the earth. Say, preacher, what does that look like? Jesus showed us. Jesus had complete dominion over the earth. You know what that means? That means when he was out on the Sea of Galilee and the storm come up, Jesus stepped out on the boat and said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And the seas calmed. And the men in the boat says, what manner of man is this? It's one that had complete dominion over all the earth. <laughs> he had complete dominion. You know what Jesus shows us in the Bible? He shows us what man could have been. He shows us what man could have been. He takes bread, breaks it, and feeds 5,000. He shows us what having dominion over the entire earth looks like. He walked on water. I need somebody to help me. He shows us what having dominion over everything is. He walked on, on water. He come through walls. <laughs> I mean, you name it. Jesus did it. Of course, we know sin, this time sin's in the world, so death's in the world. And so Jesus just shows that he's got power over that too and he raised people from the dead. Complete dominion. Adam is a type in their lives. Both Jesus and Adam. A body fashioned by God. A sinless and perfect life. And complete and total dominion over the entire earth. They both had it. So we move on to the second part of this typology, and that's in their loves. Man, y'all buckle. Buckle your seatbelt. Go ahead and do it right now. Buckle it up. <laughs> their loves. The Bible tells us that in the account that I read to you from Genesis that Adam did not have a help suitable for him, meat for him. So God created a woman. I want you to look at their loves. I want you to look at the origin of their loves. The Bible says that God put a deep sleep on Adam. And out of the side of Adam, he took a rib 
and he closed up the flesh (laughs) and took that rib and he built a woman. He made a woman suitable for Adam. She come from his side. I'm going to step all over my preaching. (laughs) But Jesus, as he hung on that cross, they took a spear and they poked him in the side. And the Bible says water and blood come gushing forth out of it. And there, God created a bride for his son out of the water and the blood that came out of his side. A typology, Adam shows us all the way back in Genesis before the fall that the bride for the man would come from his side. Man, I'm going to tie some stuff in together that just blew my mind. I hope it helped you now. So the origins of their love, they came from the side. The Bible tells us in, in uh, Genesis chapter number, I want you to listen to this. I, I, I mean, I'm going to get all over stuff. I may say it five or six times, but just bear with me. The Bible says in Genesis chapter number two and verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. This is what Adam says. This is what Adam says about his bride. Now over in Ephesians chapter number five, it's in that great passage of scripture where the wives are told to submit to their husbands. Somebody say amen. Y'all better stay with me. You know, all you husbands right now are just booing. You just want to say, you better, you better listen right now. You better listen right now. But don't worry. Don't worry, ladies. I ain't going to that passage of Scripture. I want you to look at Genesis, or, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 28. Miss Jenny, if you can get it up there for us. In verse number 28, Paul is speaking to us and he says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Adam said, she is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Is everybody with me? Are we still right there? Are we still right there? Let's keep on going. Verse number 29. We're going to go through the end of the chapter, Uh, uh, Miss Jenny. Verse number 29, it says, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We go on to verse number 30. For we are members of his body of his flesh, and of his bones. Oh, oh, we're talking about the bride of Christ now. Adam was talking about his bride. He was talking about Eve that was brought to him, and he said, whoa, man. But now Paul is writing to the church, and he's telling the church that we are the bride of Christ, and we're part of his bones and part of his flesh, part of his body. He ties it in. By quoting Adam and ties it in by even going further and says, For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. This is a great mystery. Why haven't we known? Come on, y'all help me. Why hadn't we ever heard preaching on this? This is a great mystery. But Paul says, I ain't speaking about husband and wives. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, 
Let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. I need some fellas to say amen. Turn to your wife and say amen. Chickens. The origin of their loves, they came from their side. The design, the design purpose of their loves. They were to reproduce. Woo! Amen. Yeah, God didn't give you a woman so she can make you tea. I need somebody to help me. God didn't give Adam a woman so he could, she could clean the house. He told them to fill the earth. Hubba hubba. Is everybody all right? They were to reproduce. She was a help. Meat for him. She was a help. Meat for him. Matthew chapter number 28, if you will. We'll start reading in verse number 18. And go through the end of the chapter. She was a help. Meat for him. She had a design purpose and that was to reproduce. She had a design purpose and that was to help Adam fulfill his purpose on the earth. The church has that same one. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The bride of Christ has the same responsibilities as Eve had to Adam. We are to help fulfill His purpose. And His purpose was to come. He says, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. So His bride is helping Him fulfill His purpose by going. <laughs> it's good. They don't like it. They don't like it. But it's good, brother. Me and you just have fun with it. His origin, the origin of their loves, the design purpose of their loves, the failure of their loves. Ooh, Eve messed up. I need every woman to look at me right here because y'all like to blame all the man, but you're going to find out this morning you were wrong. Turn me up, brother Matt. I ain't scared. You were wrong. You were wrong. Does everybody understand me? You were wrong. And you're fixing to see something that just... <laughs> we like to blame Adam. Oh, it was Adam's fault. He should have been the man. He should have done this. He should have done that. But you're fixing to see something. I'm fixing to show you something. I may run through that wall over there. <laughs> you were wrong. You were wrong. The failures of the bride, the failures of their loves. They were deceived. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter number 2. Go to verse number 11, and we'll read down through verse number 15, I believe. Let me look. Yep, 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 yep. Bible says, let the women, let the woman, learn in silence with all subjection. Men say amen. 
<laughs> less and less each time. I'm just messing with y'all. All right, here we go. Move on. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Ladies are mad right now. Come on, say it. Say it, you're mad. But I'm getting somewhere. Look at this. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Stay with me. Stay with me. And Adam, everybody say it with me, was not deceived. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Preacher, I want to come to church if I knew this. You're just going to beat up on women all morning. <laughs> Listen to me. We are laying a foundation. I promise you, some of you ladies are going to shout in a minute. Verse number 15. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. Let's go back. Go back to verse 13, Miss Jenny. All right. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. All right. Go to the next verse. And Adam was not deceived. But who? The woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now go to the next verse. Notwithstanding she. Who? The woman. Eve. Are y'all with me? Eve. Notwithstanding she. Eve shall be saved in childbearing. If they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. What did God tell Eve in chapter 3, you don't know, so I'm going to tell you. He said that there would be a redeemer. In verse number 15 of chapter number 3, he said that it would be the seed of the woman. But how can she, I need somebody to help, I'm fitting to have some fun. How can she have a seed without a man? Let me answer it for you. She can't. I don't care what CNN says. I need somebody to help me. <laughs> she can't. Everybody say it with me. She can't. She's the only one that can have a baby. <laughs> and she can't have one without a man. Oh, preacher, that ain't what my school taught me. Your school's straight out of hell and wrong. <laughs> Amen. Everybody all right? We are told in Scripture that she shall be saved in childbearing. But how can she bear a child without a seed? So we move to their legacies. We've looked at how they're a type in their lives, how they're a type in their loves, but now we're going to move to a type in their legacies. <laughs> Adam was without sin. Adam was perfect. Adam was holy. And Eve had transgressed. Eve had sinned. Eve had been deceived. And now the promise of God for those that partake of the fruit was now the condemnation of the bride. 
God told Adam that in the day that they ate from that tree, that they will surely die. Now Eve, the woo man that God gave to Adam was in sin, under the judgment of sin, under the condemnation of sin. Now she was going to die. And the only one that could save her was Adam. Say, preacher, I don't understand that. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved. How? In childbearing. When you look at, oh man, I'm, mm. when you look that up in the New Testament, it literally means this through the birth of a child. She was promised in Genesis chapter number three that a redeemer would come through her seed. But she had to have a man to have the redeemer. And she couldn't come back up to the position that Adam was in because he was holy. He was perfect. He was sinless. And so Adam had to come to where she was at to save her. I need somebody to help me. And so the man was not deceived. He came. He partook of that fruit willingly sacrificing his own life for the bride so that she could live forever. So that she could have a redeemer oh boom boom Adam couldn't bring her back to him so he came to where she was at oh I need somebody to help me this is getting good hey Adam said this therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife. I need somebody to help me. Adam, he left it all and came to where she was at for her. He offered it all for her and Jesus did the same thing for his bride. He left his father, came down to earth, became sin and died for his bride. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Woo. We look at we look at Eve. We've always said Adam messed up. Adam messed up. Adam messed up. No, Adam knew exactly what he was doing. That's why he is a type of Christ. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew the only way for Eve to be saved is through childbearing. It was through a birth of a child, through a redeemer, and therefore she had to have him. The Bible says for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. So the Bible says that he came born of a virgin came and lived a sinless life, what Adam couldn't do. Went to a cross. The Bible says he didn't sin. He didn't sin like Adam did. The Bible says he that knew no sin. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 21, Miss Jenny. The Bible says he that knew no sin became sin. Is everybody all right? He took it a step further. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. 
Jesus. <laughs> the second Adam. He came and died for his bride. She couldn't come to where he was at for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. He came to where she was at. The legacy. We're talking about a legacy. We see in type, we see their lives, we see a type of Christ in Adam and their loves, we see a type of Christ in Adam and our legacies, we see a type of Christ. We see it in their sacrifices. We see it in their imputing. Romans chapter number 5, I'm going to read verse 12 through 21 and we're done. Dalton's going to get on the piano right there. I want to take this jacket off so bad, but I'm sweating so bad. Y'all be like, nah. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed, for there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned at the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offenses of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is a gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. That just simply means the law identified just how bad we were. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Y'all, Adam left a legacy of imputation, impute, imputing sin, the imputation of sin upon man. But Jesus Christ, his legacy is the imputation of righteousness unto justification through grace. I want you to notice there was a difference when we were reading in that. By one man's offense, Many were made dead. 
all were made dead. Is everybody with me? But it says by the gift. You know what a gift implies? It's free. But it's something that you have to receive. This morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. Adam sacrificed and died for his bride. Because of his offense, all of mankind was placed under the penalty of sin and death reigned. From Adam to Moses, from Adam to now, death reigned. Can't get away from it. Can't hide from it. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. That means every single person that's sitting in this building, you are going to die. And you don't know when that day is. You might die today. You may die tomorrow. You may die next week or next year. But you are going to die. Unless the Lord returns. One day, they'll stand around your graveside as your body is lowered six feet beneath the ground. Death has dominion on this earth right now. But through Jesus Christ, He came and lived a sinless life, a life that was intended for man. He showed us what man could have been. He lived a sinless, righteous, holy life. Never sinning. God had to make him to be sin. He had to become sin so that he could die on a cross with you for you and I. Do you understand that Jesus could not have died until sin was placed on him? Because that was the punishment for sin. So God made him to be sin for us. And he died on that cross for you. Three days later, he come out of the grave. If you'll remember in Genesis account, Adam was put to sleep. I told you I didn't know how long it was, how long it was. But God formed a bride. He made a bride. He built a bride for him out of the rib. Who knows? It could have been three days later when when God brought Eve to Adam. But three days after Christ died on that cross, He come out of that tomb. Having conquered death and imputing righteousness to those that believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know something. Just as Adam gave his life for his bride, just as Adam showed his love by saying, I'll die a death with her. Jesus came to this earth because of His bride. Because of us, 
He died on a cross. He might reconcile a filthy, unfaithful bride to Himself to live eternally. This morning, I don't care who you are in this building. I want you to know that Jesus died for you. He loves you. And this morning, you could leave out of this building knowing when you lay down your head on a pillow tonight that if you died in your sleep, you'd open your eyes in the presence of Jesus. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's you this morning. Say, preacher, if I was to die sitting in this chair, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I want you to just lift your hand right up where I can see it. We won't take long. Is there anybody in here? Be honest with me. I'm not going to call you out. I ain't sending anybody to you. I just want to know how to end the service. Preacher, I do not know if I died right now if I'd go to heaven. I, I am not sure. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Is there anybody like that anywhere in the building? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. Lord, if nobody else, Lord, this, man, this, this done me so good, God. Lord, I, I can't wait to study it more. There, there's so much that I've missed in Scripture. God, I'm so thankful. Lord, that you would come to where I was at in my, me and my sin. Prove your love to me that you died for me while I was a sinner. I'm thankful for typology in the Bible. I'm thankful for Adam as a type of Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd engrave this upon our hearts. But I pray as we leave out of here, Lord, we'll have learned something about the love of a husband and a wife. Now God, everybody in here said they were saved. So I, I, I'm talking to saved people right here. Those of us that are married, Lord, I pray this will cause us to look at our wives a lot different. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. Nourish and cherish her as you did the church. God, we love you this morning and we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.